Good evening and God's peace to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And before we turn to the word this evening, uh, Elva and I just did have an opportunity to spend some time in New Hampshire. And there are many there who sent their greetings here and also the uh, elder brother, Teddy Seppala, that he, as he said, that we would give his regards to all of God's children. So please be greeted then from God's children there. So we would begin then this evening in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> so as we will turn then to God's word this evening, we turn to the book of Romans, the fourth chapter, and we will read verses one through eight, and then skip down to verse 13 and read verses 13 through 17. So then we will read then in the name of Jesus. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now going to verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all seed, not to that only which is of the law, but that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be as though they were. Amen. And may the Heavenly Father add his blessing then to the reading, the speaking, and the hearing of his word this evening. Amen. So as we have the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans here, as he is in the chapter before, as he laid out then so clearly then that righteousness does not come then by the works of the law. As he says in the 28th verse then, that wherefore we conclude that a man is not justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And so then, as he goes on, as he is 
talking then, she tells them then that he points then to, to Abraham, to Abraham then who was the, the father of faith. And as, especially as he wrote then to the, to the people then who were of the Jewish descent that how, how highly they, they looked up to, to Abraham. And, and as rightly they should, and as we do also to this day. But we remember then that as the John the Baptist, as he, as the scribes and the Pharisees came to him, that he, he warned them then that don't, don't say that you are the children of Abraham, because God is of these stones to raise up children then to Abraham. So that it was not looking to being of the descent of Abraham. But then it is that do we go forth then with what Abraham had, that Abraham had faith then, that Abraham believed God. So then what, what shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So then that what did Abraham have then to glory in? And if we look at the, the life of Abraham as he we even see as he, we first read of Abraham that God called him then out of the place where he was to go somewhere where he didn't know, but God told him he should go. He willingly went. And then you see as soon as Abraham got there that he, he built an altar there unto the Lord. And again and again we see as, as he was one who dwelled then in tents that as everywhere that he went then that he would build an altar then there to worship, worship the Lord. And Abraham, and as he, he was, his life then was one then of service and love to others. As we remember then as him and his nephew Lot who was with him as their, as their herdmen argued over where to go find pasture. We remember that Abraham graciously, he stood with Lot and he told him to choose where you want to go. You go there and I will go to the other place. So he was, he was so gracious then, then to the others. And, and as Abraham also was a, he was a mighty man. And we remember when, then as Lot had went to go to go live in Sodom, that, that title, the king of nations and the other kings that came and they had took into captivity the, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and took them away, including Lot and his wife. And so when Abraham heard that then, that Abraham did not, did not waste any time, that he it says that he had, and it's just amazing to think of someone who lived in tents, that that he had 318 trained men that he took and went with him then. Then this is referred to later in the scripture then as the, 
as the slaughter of the kings. That Abraham then overcame, he came back, he came back then and, and the, the king of Sodom that he wanted Abraham as he brought all the people back that, and the goods that told Abraham, just, just give me the people and that keep the goods to yourself. But again, that Abraham refused, but he said, no, that I don't want anyone to say that you have made me rich. That is also then the same time then was Melchizedek, king of Salem, he who was the priest of the Most High God, that he came then with bread and wine and blessed Abraham. And that says then that Abraham gave, gave tithes unto him. And then as Abraham was there in his tent in the plains of Mamre in the, in the heat of the day, and those three men that came to him who he didn't know, and immediately he begged them to come in that he would serve them. He killed the, killed the fatted calf and, and prepared all that food for them. And those who were no other, it says, than the, the Lord himself and his two angels. And then, as the Lord could not hide from Abraham, as he planned to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and that Abraham, then he, he pleaded, pleaded with God and all the way down till then, if there was, there was ten righteous, that God would not destroy it. So you see then, as, and then as Abraham also then, as he was given a, given his son in his old age, and Brother Paul was reminded me of that this afternoon, that we, what I think then is they were going up there to, as God had told them to go and to offer his only son. And even in that, that Abraham willingly went. And then as Isaac asked him that, that we have everything, the, the wood and the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And that Abraham said then that the Lord will provide the sacrifice. So we could look then at this exemplary life of this man, of Abraham, and we could see that where we could look and say that it was by what these good things that he did that Abraham was righteous before God. But do we see then that this righteousness, that these things that Abraham did, they came then because Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. That Abraham saw, he believed God, it says. What's, and it's the scripture that tells us that, how thankful we can be. That the scripture tells us then that Abraham believed God. And what did Abraham believe? Abraham believed God's word. That God talked to Abraham again and again and gave these promises to him. But then that most important promise then, that in he, in his seed, that all the nations, people of the earth would be blessed. And we, we can firmly believe then and know that Abraham by faith, that Abraham saw the promised Messiah that was to come. Because Jesus himself, Jesus himself tells us this, so we, 
is recorded in the eighth, eighth chapter of John is once again that the, the scribes and the Pharisees were, were, were getting after Jesus and they, they were asking him that art thou greater than our father Abraham which is dead and the prophets which are dead who makest thou thyself? But as Jesus answered them then he says that your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. So then because Abraham saw with the eyes of faith the one who was going to come to save him, to save each one of us, that then that the very love of God was shed abroad in his hearts. So there then the spirit of God was dwelling in Abraham then, that then that he had the strength and the power then to walk as God's child. And so then that Abraham believed God. And a brother pointed this out to me when I was in New Hampshire, and I've been thinking about that, that, that you know, we see Noah, we see Abraham, we see Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, we see Moses, we see the prophets, we see King David, we see all these ones that are written, that are preserved in God's word for us that we would know of them and the things that they have taught. But he said, did you ever think, he said, of all the countless people that went through their lives just like me and you, they walked here as people, they went and did their daily jobs, raised their families, they had joys in this life, they had sorrows, all these things that these people also that they believe God and through the word that was spoken to them either through people's mouths or in later times where they could read but through most of the Old Testament then they heard the word when they heard that word they also then believed the promise then of the seed of the woman it's the only seed that is spoken of in the word that is the seed of the woman because as Jesus had to become then the incarnated one for us true God and true man and also then as I think then as Abraham believed God and we can be sure that Abraham then of his youth had, had heard of this, this seed of the woman that was going to come and crush the serpent's head. And I had read one time somewhere a, a timeline of how long, how long the, uh, the patriarchs and the people had lived. And if that was correct, what I read, that, that Shem, who was Noah's son, Shem, who was there on the ark during the flood and after that, he was still alive when Isaac was 50 years old. So I don't know if because Abraham had moved away, maybe Isaac would not have seen him, but I'm sure that when Abraham was still there in the Ur of Chaldees, that he had talked then with and heard Shem tell then of this promise. So we see the very blessing then that 
God has preserved his word through all time. And it is still there for us today. So then Abraham heard God's word. Abraham believed God's word. And we still have God's word for us here today. And that is where we are turned to to, still to, at the very promises of God's word then, that they are ours. So then that Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And as we have already said, that Abraham looked to another. That he saw the Savior and the Redeemer then who had come to save him. So this then is the righteousness then that Abraham had. It was the righteousness that is found in our Savior and our Redeemer. Says to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So then, if just if one works, does what he can, pulls himself up by his bootstraps, as it were, strives of his own self to do what he should, makes his own, try to make your own self righteous, then. Then it, is, then it is not reckoned of grace, but it is of debt. That we would have to stand then in our own merits. And then we would not be partakers then of the grace that is given to us through Jesus Christ. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So then, to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. So then, it is then, that that is, which is of our own self, that it has to be taken away. That we cannot, of our own self, then attain but we have to believe then on another. The very one then that justifieth the ungodly. And as maybe we would read even from the, from the third chapter here, that there, therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, upon all, unto all, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. 
But we see there how many times in that which we have read that we are, where we are appointed then to him that justifieth the ungodly. That our Savior and our Redeemer, that Jesus Christ, again and again, and what he has done for us then, that he is our propitiation, the payment for our sin through his blood. So then that he that believeth on him, that his faith is counted for righteousness. And it's not just our faith, but it is the faith of Jesus Christ. That faith that is an in of Jesus Christ. That faith has to have an object. It's not, not blind faith. But we have to look then to another, the one who has done all for us. So then as, as Paul continues here, then he, he points us then, as he has talked of Abraham, then he points then to, to David then, who was a man then after God's own heart. But as we, as we know then that David, David was a sinner saved by grace. How much David needed the grace of God. No different than for me and you today. That we need this grace of God. This one then who David also looked to then. Our Savior and our Redeemer. So even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man. Unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Saying blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. And whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And how blessed is that? The man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And if you go, that's from the, from the 32nd Psalm. And if you go and look there, the continuing of that second verse then and it says that in whose spirit there is no guile so again that this is pointing us then to a place this is pointing to a heart then that finds no good in itself that finds that it cannot of, its, cannot of your own self or your own strength Fulfill God's holy law. And even if the such that we are preserved from the gross and the outward sins. We see then as Jesus pointed out in the Sermon on the Mount there. That that law is so sharp and so penetrating that none of us can stand before it. But you know, we're not left in that place. That God allows us then by the eyes of faith to see the grace that is bestowed upon us through Jesus Christ. There then, you can come to that place then. But there is no guile in your spirit. 
that you have to just stand before the Heavenly Father, just exactly as you are. And then you have to look then and find your hope and your trust completely in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. That he has become then that Passover lamb. To remember then as the children of Israel as they had partook of that Passover lamb as God commanded. And they had to not eat it in part but they had to have it completely. That they needed to eat every part of it. And so it is then that that blessed man to whom the Lord will not impute sin, that he has found hope and righteousness then in another, one who has become a complete savior for him, one who is the very wisdom righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So there is the one. There can we look unto him for everything. No, so blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. It doesn't say that blessed is the man who doesn't sin. But blessed is the man whose iniquities are forgiven. That the blood of Jesus flows and covers and washes away our sin. That they are, they are completely covered. So it is through no working of our own. But that righteousness then is imputed to us that is ascribed to us, that it's Jesus' righteousness that has become ours, that there is a robe of righteousness then that we are clothed with then, Jesus' righteousness. That is what the Heavenly Father is pleased with, what his Son has done for us. Then when we can believe God, believe God's word, then that it becomes ours. And then, as we can walk then, as these blessed people, that then we can with all confidence say with the Apostle Paul, that I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And again, with the Apostle Paul, says, and also we can say that in all things that we are more than conquerors through him that has loved us. More than conquerors. You know, someone can, an army can win a battle and still lose the war. But we have one then who has completely conquered sin, death, hell, and the devil. And then by faith then, that it can be ours. So how thankful can we be for that? <clears throat> then as, as we continue then, going down then to verse 13, 
For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law. So then that the promise that came to Abraham, that in him should all the people be blessed. So that it was not then through the law, that we know that the law was given 430 years after this. How does Paul say it then? Because of, because of transgression. But again then, that it was given then through the righteousness of faith. That we could lay hold upon this promise. <clears throat> How does <clears throat> Paul say in Galatians? Third chapter, verse 16, that now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So again, that it is pointing to Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, that this righteousness of faith it is the righteousness, then, of Jesus. <clears throat> For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise of none effect. So again, then, that it is through the law, our workings and our doings, that the faith in and of the Son of God is made void, and the promise of no effect. Because the promise, then, was a promise of grace. There was no, no attachment of what Abraham and his seed had to do to attain this blessing. But that God promised it to them. It was a grace promise, and it is for us today. <clears throat> and that it cannot be then through the law, because the law worketh wrath. And we can see that clearly. Because what happened when Adam and Eve fell in the garden there? That they became sinners. And what have we inherited then from our first parents sin? Original sin. So how can we fulfill the law of our own selves? But we cannot. But the law worketh wrath. That if we were to try to walk by our own strength and our own power, and through the deeds of the law to find ourselves righteous before God, that we would fail. And we would come then under God's righteous judgment and the wrath that God has against sin. So then, but also then the law would work wrath within us as we would look into the into the mirror of that law. And we see then that we are unworthy and undone. So then we have to flee then to that promise. The promise that is found in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so for where the law is, there is no transgression. 
for, for where no law is, there is no transgression. So then if we are free then from the compulsion of doing the law, then that there can be no transgression. And therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all seed. So then, again, that it is of faith. That faith in and of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> that it might be by grace. So it is not the workings then that we do. But we have to fall completely then on the mercy then of the living God that he has provided for us through the crucified then and risen Lord Jesus. So then that promise might be sure to all seed, and not only to that which is of the law, but that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. That that is a sure promise of God then it is to everyone, not only to the law, I believe it is speaking here of the, of the believing Jew, but to also that which is of the faith of Abraham, that all then who come to living faith then, that then that, that promise is sure and steadfast to them. And then that Abraham then, who is the father of us all, that all then who walk in faith then that they, they walk together then as the children then, a faithful Abraham then, as God's preciously redeemed children. <clears throat> and again from Galatians 3:22, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So then, again, that the promise, this faith comes in by Jesus Christ. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. That God then, we remember, changed. It was Abram there in the beginning, and then changed his name to Abraham because that he would be the father, not of one, but of many is that before him who he believed, even God, that Abraham then believed God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So that Abraham then believed God then, who quickeneth the dead. And is it then for you and me then, that we then, by God's grace, have we seen then that we were dead in trespasses and sins. But God then has quickened us then through his word and his spirit, pointing us then to the faith then that is found in Christ Jesus. And then that God, whose promise is that when he speaks, that those things that they already are to God that all things are fulfilled. So all those long years then of the promise and the types and the shadows that pointed to Christ, that those 
in the Old Testament as they believed that they were saved through Christ. And we also today, trusting and believing and hoping in the promises of God's word, that we also are God's children. And that God has promised then that he will lead us all the way home into heaven above. And this thought went through my mind on, on Sunday as we, as we said the, recited the Apostles' Creed together, confessing that faith which we believe. And then before communion, then as we said the, the Lord's Prayer together, that, you know, God by his grace has allowed then that we believe him and his word and we walk by faith as his children trusting in Jesus. It's not that amazing then that we have the faith and that we can pray that our Father who art in heaven and that by faith then we can trust and believe in his word that we believe his word and by God's grace we lead holy lives according to it, then that his name is hallowed through that. And by faith then we believe that God's kingdom will come, that we can be partakers already here in this life of God's kingdom, <clears throat> that we can by faith believe then that God's will will be done in us who are created from earth, as God's will is in heaven, that we can rest assured that he knows, he cares, that it, he cares for us in every way that we can trust his will, that we can have faith then that he will give us our daily bread all the needs and wants of this life. That we can be such blessed people. That we can believe then and ask him then to forgive us our sins. They were appointed again then to Jesus Christ and his redeeming work. And then because that we have been forgiven that God has loved us so much, then that we can forgive those who sin against us. The grace of God flowing then from us, not through what we have done, but because that he has loved us so much. Then by faith can we see that he is the one then who can deliver us then from temptation and evil that there is strength, there is power in what he has done for us, and that God has given us faith to lay hold upon these promises. That we have to give all glory, honor, and power to him. How can we, how can we thank God enough for what he has done for us? So in speaking of Abraham, then it says, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. 
Now it is not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We give all honor and glory then to our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's close with the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.